Well, I hope you're glad that he's brought you out and show you the way. Good to be saved. Know you're on your way to heaven. Amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah chapter 48. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this morning. Isaiah chapter 48. I'll tell you what, I, I love this time of year. I don't know about you, but I love this time of year when you get around the holidays. I know it gets busy. I know that everybody, you know, they get kind of frustrated because of all the things that that comes around, but you know what, it's a wonderful time of year, and we sure need to appreciate what God's blessed us with, and you know, you see all these different memes and everything that everybody's putting out about the, you know, the uh, 2020, you know, you see all kinds of things, I seen one the other day, it said if, if 2020 was a hula hoop, and they showed a picture of it, it was a, a roll of bob wire that the, they would use to do the hula hoop with, and uh, that's about right, it's got a lot of stickers to it this year, but you know what? God's been good, Amen. and we sure need to give Him thanks. Amen. Isaiah chapter 48, begin reading in verse 1. It says, Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth, nor in righteousness. For they call themselves of the holy city, and stay themselves upon the God of Israel, the Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning, and they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass, because I knew that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee, lest thou shouldest say, Mine idol hath done them. And my graven image and my molten image hath, com hath commanded them. Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not ye declare it? I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou didst not know them. They are created now and not from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou shouldest say, Behold, I knew them. Yea, thou heardest not. Yea, thou knewest not. Yea, from that time that thine ear was not open, for I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously, and was called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for, for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction, for mine own sake. Even for mine own sake will I do it. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory unto another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob, and Israel. My called, I am he, I am the first, I also am the last. Mine hand also hath laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand hath spanned the heavens. When I, called, uh, when I call unto them, they stand together." All ye, assemble yourselves, and hear which among them that declare these things. The Lord hath loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm shall be on the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken. Yea, I have called him, I have brought him, and he shall make his way prosperous. Look back with me in verse 9 will be our text this morning. It says, For my name's sake will I defer mine anger. And for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. We're starting a new series this morning 
that I've, that I've titled the series, For His Namesake. There is so much in Scripture concerning the name of God. And for His namesake, He does so much. As I was studying this and looking through Scripture after Scripture and seeing what God does for His own name's sake. And I began to see what He did and I thought, oh my soul, how are we dragging the name of God through the mud? And all that He does for His name's sake. This morning is going to be a, a little bit more of an introduction, but there's so much for this that we'll be preaching in the next several weeks concerning His name's sake. I'd like to preach a message I've titled this morning, God Will Preserve His Name. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. We ask that you would be honored and glorified in everything that's said and done. Lord, I'm unworthy to stand behind this pulpit and to preach. But Lord, you've called me to be here. Lord, this is your church. This is your people. And for your name's sake this morning, Lord, I pray that you give me the message you want preached. Give me liberty, Lord. I pray that you give direction. Bless every person that's here. And there's many watching by live stream because unable to be here today. Lord, I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you keep your hand upon them, Lord. Give them healing, Lord, those who have been sick. And Lord, we thank you that you've protected them. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with every person here. Protect them and keep them healthy and watch over each of us, Lord, as we go through these days and struggles, different things. Different. But Lord, help us to trust you, Lord. That's where our trust needs to be in. That's where our faith needs to be in is in you. And Lord, we give you the honor and glory for what you want to do. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your goodness to us. Bless now thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The Lord begins actually here in chapter 48. If you look in verse 1, it says he, he, He's trying to get Israel to pay attention. He's trying to get Israel to listen to Him. You know, one of the things that, uh, and I've said it to my kids when they were young, and I've said it as, a, as I was a youth pastor for, for 17 years, I, I said it to uh, a lot of teenagers, and, I, and actually as a pastor for, for 20-some years now, uh, I've, I've, I've told people when I was talking with them and going, they was having problems with them, and I've actually got to the point, and I'd, I'd tell them, if you would but just listen, if you just listen. And so many times I think that the Lord's trying to look at you and me, and He said, if you would just listen, if you just pay attention to what I got to say, and uh, things would be different. And, I, and you say, is that new by you? No, my dad used to tell me that. He said, if you would just listen... Uh, you wouldn't have this problem. If you would just listen, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be going through this right now. And I think the Lord looks at you and I and says, if you would just listen. And that's what he's saying here really to Israel in that very first verse. And he says, hear ye this, O house of Jacob. He said, pay attention to what I've got to say. Pay attention to what I'm, I want to do. He says, which are called by the name of Israel and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by my name, of the, by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel. He said, listen, you, you talk about me. You, you, you use my name and, you, and, and you're, you're constantly telling people about me and, and, and you use my name, you're dropping my name and, and people know that, that you belong to me and there's an attachment between us. He said, I want you to listen up a minute. I want you to pay attention. He goes on, and if you look on down in the rest of that verse, he goes on, he continues, and he reprimands them in that verse for the way they use his holy name when their lives don't represent his holiness. Look there, and in in, in it says, "...which swear by the name of the Lord," otherwise they talk about him, they use his name, and, and, and it says, "...and make mention of the God of Israel." But notice what it says, "...but not in truth, 
but not in truth, he said, nor in righteousness. He said, you're using my name to get what you want, or you think you're going to get what you want. You're dropping my name so that you can impress people, but you're living an ungodly life, and you're away from me, and you're not serving me. He said, but you're using my name. Uh, probably nobody in here has ever done this. We see people doing this. And if you have, don't raise your hand. You ever got pulled over by maybe a highway patrol? I've done seen some ladies over going. <laughs> and uh, you, you, you don't want the ticket, and they come up, and you see this person, and and, they, and you may say, or maybe local police, may not be highway patrol, and you may just out of the blue say, oh, yeah, I really wasn't mean to do that. Hey, by the way, do you know, and you'll call somebody's name, <laughs> such and such highway patrol. I've got, and my brother-in-law, which has passed away this year, um, I never did do that. Uh, I never did use his name to try to get out of a ticket or anything, and, I, and, I, and I've only had one ticket in my life, uh, I, and so, and he, didn't, he wouldn't have been able to help me anyways. But the fact is, is this, that sometimes we drop the name trying to get out of something. And many times, if we're not careful, we do the same thing with God. I've told people over the years, as far, as because of being a pastor, a lot of times people use me as a reference and, uh, for a job or something like that. And, and generally what I've told different ones, and I've actually had some that trying to get into college and stuff like that, Christian colleges, and I have to fill out an affidavit and things on, on going to a Christian college, and I've had them try to use me as a reference, and there's some of them. I've told them this. I said, listen, don't use my name. If you're not going to straighten up your life, don't, don't use my name because I don't want to be associated like that. Uh, you don't want your name pulled down. And God's looking at Israel here. He says, listen. He said, you're using my name with, not in truth, and you're using my name not in righteousness. They were hard and stiff-necked, the Bible says. Truly, they weren't living for the Lord God. They, they used His name. They acted like they was. Uh, and verse 4 there, it says, Because I knew that thou art, art obstinate, stiff-necked, and thy neck is an iron of sinew, and thy brow brass. He said, I, I, he said, you use my name, but you won't listen to me. You won't pay attention to what I've got to say. He said, I've given you the word of God. He said, I, I, I've tried to lead you by the prophets. I've tried to lead you in and out and, and sent judges. And he said, but you won't pay attention to what I'm telling you. He said, I knew he was hard-headed. Yet we see the same thing among God's people today. We find over in Acts chapter 7 and verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. You see, the Holy Spirit of God that dwells within a born-again believer guides and directs us and, and brings conviction about things in our lives that shouldn't be in our lives. And sometimes we pay attention and sometimes we don't. And so what is needed is that we would pay attention to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God as He guides us and directs us. You know, we was talking about, we, we, and this don't have anything to do with this in one way, but, you know, we got Thanksgiving this, this week and... And you, you walk by, you've already ate your dessert and everything. You've ate uh, 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 two and a half turkeys and a, and a part of a ham. And, and you come back by and you, and, and, and you eat up uh, uh, three-fourths of the mashed potatoes. And you come by and, boy, there's another piece of, of apple pie or raisin pie 
or, or, or a coconut cream pie with a meringue on it about like that. And, and, uh, or pumpkin pie. Have I hit your pie yet? Yes. If I haven't hit your pie, you need to hit the altar. And you think, I think I'll eat another piece. And something inside says, don't do it. You're full. You don't need it. That's your conscience, we say. <clears throat> well, in living in this life, if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, the Holy Spirit may not deal with you about apple pie, but He will deal with you about how you live your life. And we should listen and we should obey the Word of God and we should obey the leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will take the Word of God, planting it in your heart and your mind to use the Scripture to bring us about to a place where we'll live for the Lord Jesus Christ. But the sad part is, is that we drop the name of God and we talk about God all the time, but we won't listen. We won't listen to what He has to say. We won't pay attention to what the Holy Spirit's trying to guide us and direct us. And we may sit in the preaching and we may say, Amen, but then we get up and walk out the doors and and live our lives any old way and do any old thing we want to. Hey, listen, the name of God is important. He protects His name, yet the children of Israel were dragging His name through the mud. They were, the, the, all the people, the heathen, the Gentiles, and all of them in the, in the surrounding areas, they seen them and they seen how that they lived uh, ungodly lives and they claimed to know Jehovah God, and yet they were, they were dragging the name of God through the mud with their idolatry. Serving other idols. You know, I would have to say that that's what we're seeing in our day and time. We're seeing Christians that have moved far away from the Word of God and continue in sin. Not living for the Lord. Yet they claim the name of Jesus Christ and hold up the, the, as a lucky rabbit's foot while living in the old way. That's the type of life we're seeing today in Christianity. You know, I, and, and, and I, I don't... I'm not pulling any punches, and I'm not, not going to apologize for it. We're living a day and time when Christians are, are living as bad as, or, or worse than the lost world. Living ungodly lives. I, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I look at Scripture, and I see that, and I'm thinking, how can we call ourselves Christian, which means Christ-like, which is attaching our, say, our, our, our lives to the name of God and live ungodly lives? We've got to stop and realize what we're doing here. We've got to stop and realize that when you claim to be a Christian and you begin to support things like the, 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 well, the abortion and ungodly things and, and the wicked lifestyles and the, the, the drugs and the drinking and the, all, and the list goes on. Immorality. When we condone that and when we allow that to be a part of our lives or we say that it's okay, what we're doing, we're saying, I'm a Christian and God's okay with it. Can I tell you something? Pick up the Bible. God's not okay with it. And He's not going to change for you and He's not going to change for somebody else. And so we wonder what's going on. Well, it's the same thing it's, that Israel was doing. Israel was, was in that position. Well, first of all, I want to look here. First, consider God has a great name. If we're talking about His namesake, and this whole series is about His namesake, what He does for His namesake, and His name is important. 
uh, and when I say that, that his name is great, consider this, I mean that by the essence of it, by the reputation of his name, by the character that is associated by that name. A name means something. It's not just something that is to be lightly looked at. A name is important. 1 Samuel 12, verse 22 says, For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake. He even speaks of His great name. Because it hath pleased the Lord to make you His people. That name, that, the name of God represents that, that name of integrity. There's integrity. You know, it's important to have integrity. And boy, it's hard to find people with integrity today that they say what they mean, they mean what they say, and they'll back up what they say, they'll do what they say. If they tell you, okay, I'll be there at, at, at 5 o'clock, they're going to be there at 5 o'clock, or they're going to be calling you and saying why they're not there. They've got some character about them. If somebody says, I'm going to, uh, uh, they borrow some money, say, I'm going to pay my bills and I'm going to do this and that. And if something happens and they're unable to, they're on the phone or they're there talking to you saying, this is why I can't do it, but here's as much as I can on it and I'll keep working on it until it's taken care of. That's integrity. They do what they say they'll do. God is that way. Have a reputation. There's no one like Him. He maintains the highest reputation of all. There's no fault can be found in Him. You cannot point out a single fault with the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot find, you cannot find a, a fault in the Holy Spirit or the God the Father. There's the holiness. That name depicts and enshrines the holiness that is untouchable. No sin, no fault or failure can be attached to His name. Nothing. Nothing of that nature can be attached to His name because He is a holy God. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. And He wants us to live a holy life when we claim His name. His name is, uh, is represented by the, His glory and attached to that name is the glory. The glory, there, there is no equal to that. As you begin to go through the Scripture and you begin to read the names of God and and you see the different, uh, trans, where it's been translated into our English. You could go back into the, the Greek or the Hebrew, but just a few of them that we're familiar with. And there's so many, and there's no way I could stand here and go over all of them. But Elohim is the, the strong creator God. He created all things. I mean, He's, he's all power. Jehovah, the relational God, He has a relationship with His creation. Adoniah, the God who rules, he, 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 he doesn't step back from ruling. He is, he's on the throne. He has never surrendered that throne, never, never will surrender it. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. He's Jehovah Shabbat, the, the Lord our, our warrior. Uh, Jehovah Shalom, the, the, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Nissi, the, the Lord my banner. Uh, Jehovah Mekodeshim, the, the Lord who sanctifies. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who, who heals. Jehovah Tishkenu, the Lord my righteousness. Elo Elion, the, the most high God. El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. Uh, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. On goes the list, the counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. And, and his name can, carries some, some cloud. It tells you about him. It's like a little bit like I might be. If you look at that... I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm uh, Rodney Haggett. I'm the son of Clyde Haggett. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Papa. I'm his grandpa. It tells you a little bit about it. You hear him say, hey, Papa. And then you know that I'm his grandfather. 
you hear my wife say, honey, she, it tells you she's wanting something out of my billfold. <laughs> I'm pastor. That tells people that they, so you walk up and somebody didn't know who it was. Hey, pastor, how you doing? They, they know that I pastor a church. Some call me preacher and they may say, oh, you're a preacher. Otherwise, you may preach in a lot of places. It tells you something about me. Uh, if you walk downstairs, some of those kids downstairs, and, and, and Vanessa knows this, and John knows this, and others know this, uh, uh, we're known as, hey, bus driver. <laughs> and I go into Walmart and say, hey, bus driver. <laughs> but it tells people some things about us, doesn't it? Tells them I drive a bus, tells them I pastor a church, tells them about, you know, uh, my wife wants my money, tells them, you know... <clears throat> I've got grandchildren. Your name means something. You know, we need a good name. The church ought to have a good name in the community, loving people, caring about people. But it also have, ought to have a name that they stand on the Word of God. Even if it upsets people or makes people mad or whatever, we should still stand with love and care on the Word of God and God's principles and not shy away from it. Because how else are they going to know what the church stands for? How else are they going to know what God stands for until we stand on the Word of God? And so we see the names of God. A good name is important. It's so important. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1 says, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Your name is important. Every person in this room, you know of somebody, if somebody called their name, you'd say, mm, Be careful. Don't you? We know people like that. Be careful. What do you mean? Mm, I'm not going to tell you, but be careful. And their name contains that. That's sad. That their name would contain a connotation like that because they, their name has, been, has went through the mud because of what they've done in their life or whatever, what they've said. And sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. You know, it establishes, that name establishes that you can be trusted or that you, that you don't lie or that you, that you keep your promises and that you're, you're good for, on your word. Well, that's God. That's Jehovah God. He says, my name tells people something about me. My name tells people about, about my greatness. My, my, my name tells people about my love. Emmanuel, Savior. That he cares, that he loves, and he wants to, to save lost souls. The Lord protects his name also. Not only does he have a great name, but he's going to protect his name. You know, I've heard people over the, over the years talk to a different ones, say, hey, listen, they be talking to their kids, and they get ready to go somewhere, you know, the, uh, maybe on the, on the, going on a trip with somebody else, and they'll say, remember your name. And what they're saying is this. They're saying, don't go out and mess up my name, my reputation, by doing something stupid. And that's important. That name is important. And God will protect His name. God cares about His name because it's so important. The Lord protects it. Look in verse 11 there. Isaiah 48 says, For mine own sake, even for mine own sake. You know, if we said that, it would almost seem selfish. But God said, no, wait a minute. For mine own sake, God's sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it for how should my name be polluted 
and I will not give my glory to another. Otherwise, he's saying, listen, I'm not going to let you drag my name through the mud and destroy my reputation, pollute my name and make it a byword. I'm not going to let you do it. Because if I did that, then the glory that I have will be given to Satan or to somebody else. He said, I'm not going to give up my glory. And I'm not going to let you destroy my name. And I'm not going to let you pollute my name. He's going to protect it. And that's what we got to realize for his namesake. He says, I am going to protect my name. I'm going to protect it. Many people misunderstand God's motives. But God often acts to protect that holiness about his name. He has promised to restore Israel's kingdom, not due to any merits. As, as we was reading there, he said, listen, I, I'm going to restore you. You haven't been living for me, but I'm going to restore you to that kingdom. We're actually seeing some of that take place. We're seeing Israel, we're seeing the Jews, many of the Jews going back to Israel. And I'm not going to get into this. Uh, uh, these are uh, about prophecy and stuff today. But anyway, it's, it's uh, for his name's sake, he is bringing the children of Israel back, the Jews back for the end times. And we're in the end times. We're living in the last days. And there is an exodus going back to Israel is having so many problems right now, having enough housing for all the Jews that are coming back in. That's why you're hearing about the, the buildings in these places that actually that land belongs to Israel. Actually, a lot more of it belongs to Israel than what they're claiming. You go back into, into the Old Testament. But the fact is, is that there's such a, a, a moving back and everything. And, and so the Lord says, listen, for my name's sake, He said, I'm going to bring them back. I'm going to restore the, the kingdom of Israel. But it's not because of you, He's saying. It's because of my name. And then He said, listen, I made that promise and I'm going to keep that promise. He said, where did He make the promise? He made that promise to Abraham. And He said, I'm going to keep that promise. He said, but that was one man way back there. Yeah, but God keeps His Word. His name depends upon it. It doesn't matter how many thousands of years ago He said it. He's going to keep it today because His name depends on it. His name is attached to Israel. Jehovah God is attached to Israel. But His name is also attached to you and me through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. As you receive Jesus Christ, you say, listen, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not a child of God. You are a person that's living in this world that He has created, but He wants you to be a part of the family of God. He wants to receive you into His family. But it's through His shed blood at Calvary, when He took your sins and my sins upon Him, He died on the cross. He laid down His life for you and me. They didn't take it from Him. He laid it down. He shed His precious blood. And the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so it was through that blood that we become a part of the family of God. My friend, when we became a part of the family of God, we were adopted. We were grafted in, the Bible said, into the family of God. His name was attached to you and me when we received Him as our Savior. We call ourselves Christians. It means Christ-like. But we are attached by the name of God to Him. You see, it brings glory to Him to keep His promises. If he failed to keep the promises, he would be a liar. He would be a weakling if he did not keep his promises. You say, well, sometimes, preacher, you just can't keep promises because of this. We can't sometimes. But he's all power and he's all might and he can do all things and he's able to keep every promise no matter what it is. And he said, I will keep every promise. 
I'm not like man. He said, I'm God. In Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, he says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Otherwise, he said, whatever I said, I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to protect my name. Isaiah 46, 11 says, yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. He said, I'm going to keep my word. He said, my name depends upon it. He said, it doesn't matter what you do. He said, listen, I am not going to let you destroy my name. I will protect my name is what he's saying. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Whether it is Israel dragging his name through the muddy waters or Christians of our day that are living like the lost world, the Lord will protect his name. But could I say this? If you're living that way that is bringing dishonor to his name, you're in a dangerous area. You're in an area that you don't want to be in, to be honest with you. When I was younger, <clears throat> different day and time. He said, yeah, that, no doubt about that. The day and time in where I was raised, and I was raised down in southeast Missouri. Dylan knows where I was lay, raised at. And we was raised not too far from one another, and, and Brian knows where Piedmont is. Yeah, that's all back here in the sticks, ain't it, preacher? Yeah, they piped in sunshine. We got it once in a while. But uh, in the day and time when I was raised, if we disobeyed what Dad said, he didn't just let us run wild. You see this thing right here? It's called a belt. And there's a, this sound that it makes that it comes out of the loops that will send chills up your spine. But don't worry about the chills because something's about to get warm. You say, preacher, we shouldn't be that way. Shouldn't be that. I'm here today. I'm preaching. It helped me. That's probably why I lost my hair, but it helped me. You know what? If families would get back to discipline, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about love, discipline. We wouldn't have school shootings. So, oh, yeah, we would. Go back and see how many we had back then. There was respect for teachers. It wasn't the teacher give you a bad grade and mom and dad was up there down their throat about it because they, your little, little sweetheart was, couldn't make that bad of a grade. My dad told me this. He said, you get three swats at, you get, you get three swats at school, you get six at home. He said, oh, that's abuse. No, it was a good deterrent. Because I knew he meant it. It was discipline. And he said, listen, he owned a business in town. He was well-known. He was well-liked. Had a good reputation. And he wasn't going to let his kids ruin his reputation. And we... We was raised that way. But now you've got kids that are running wild and going crazy and 
Teachers can't handle them. Parents aren't even handling them. You go to Walmart, you got a 35-pound kid controlling a 250-pound man. <laughs> Buddy, I wouldn't even got off that aisle. You're going into timeout. <laughs> I wish that it just knocked me out. <laughs> we didn't do that. Well, but, 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 but preacher, we've got we've got A A A A D D and the D D D A and the B B B and C C C and all and all these things. You know what? I understand that. Much of it, not all of it. No, there is some very legitimate cases. But a lot of it is disciplinary problems. You say, well, you've never had to deal with one. Oh, yeah, I have. I used to run camps. How'd you deal with it? Had one boy one night, went in to check on him, had flashlight, checked on him. He's laying his eyes wide open like that. They called him Beave. I said, Beave, what are you doing awake? It's 1030. He said, I didn't take my medicine. I said, come with me. Took him down to the gym. I said, you see a black line around the gym? He said, yeah. I said, you start running. You stay on the outside of it. Don't quit until I tell you to stop running, okay? He said, okay. He started running. He run, 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 he run. He started, can I quit? I said, no, run some more. He kept on running, run. Guess what? We went back up. He went right to sleep. Didn't hurt him, but he didn't have to take a pill for it. What I'm saying is this. Our name God's name is attached to us and how we, how we uh, act makes a difference. And so God says, I'm going to protect my name. Look here in verse 9. Lord sent, he'll send, he sent a refining fires to preserve his name here. Verse 9 says, my, for my name's sake will I defer mine anger. He said, otherwise I'm not going to just destroy you. And for my praise I will refrain from thee. Otherwise I could really come down on you, that I cut thee not off. He said, otherwise I'm not going to do away with you. I could completely wipe you out otherwise is what he's saying. Verse 10 says, behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. For mine own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. For how should my name be polluted and I will not give my glory unto another? Lord, he's not, he's, Lord saying, I'm not going to refine you like you, I would refine silver because if I, if I refined you like silver is refined to get rid of all the dross and all the impurities in it, it would completely destroy you. So I'm going to bring about discipline into your life. I'm going to put you through the refining fires. I'm not going to destroy you. And so what he did, he, he sent them into, because they dishonored his name, because they did not honor and live for him and they lived in ungodliness and because they worshipped idols and worshipped him he took them and he sent them into bondage he scattered them around the different countries and he judged them according to their ways we find over in Ezekiel 36 he says in verse 19 and I scattered them among the heathen and they were dispersed among the countries according to their way and according to their doings I judged them Otherwise, he put them into bondage. They was in the refining fires. And when they entered un, unto the heathen, whether they, where they, wherever they went, they, they profaned my holy name. He said they kept it up. And when they said to them, these are the people of the Lord and are going forth out of this, his land. 
Verse 21 says, But I had pity on mine, my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whether they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes. Otherwise, he said, I'm not sending you into bondage, and, and I'm not sending you into these difficult times, these refining fires, just for you. But he goes on in that same verse. He says, not, uh, he says, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy namesake. He said, for my namesake. He said, I'm not going to let you drag it through the mat. He says, which ye have profaned among the heathen and whither you went. That judgment wasn't so much as I said for them as it was to, to purify and to keep his name clear of their wickedness. Isaiah 48 and verse 9 says, For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. You know, even as it is today, many Christians are wondering why there seems to be so many difficulties going. You know, we're in a mess right now in America, aren't we? Yes. We're in a mess around the world. I believe part of it's the refining fires. I think what we're seeing as far as the COVID outbreaks and stuff like that is part of the refining fires. I think what we're seeing as far as the political unrest and, and the riots and the protests and all the junk that's going with it, and, and, and it doesn't matter what side you're on, it's a mess. And I think it's the refining fires. We're seeing a lot of other junk going on, and we're not going to get into all that. I'm not preaching about that. Hey, listen, it's the refining fires. We're living in these last days. And I believe that the Lord is trying to get His house cleaned up. I believe the Lord's trying to get things straightened out. Because He doesn't want His name damaged. Churches are full of Christians, professed Christians, that do not live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Churches are full of Christians who, who say one thing and live another way. Churches are full of, uh, uh, of Christians who are living in immorality and ungodliness. And on goes the list of things. We could, we could talk about that. And, and, and I'm not standing here as judge. I'm just telling you where we're at. And in 1 Peter 4.17, he says this. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. That's you and me. The refining fires. You see, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So we're going through it too. And maybe it's so that the Lord will work in our hearts and lives and draw us close to Him and draw us back to Him and that we might see His hand work in our hearts and lives again. He goes on, and if it, be, and if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? You see, our, our unrighteousness, our corruptness, our immoral behavior produces a false picture of God. And profanes his name and dishonors his character. How many of you ever heard this? They're all a bunch of hypocrites up at that church. And if that's what Christianity is, I don't want anything to do with it. You ever heard that? Oh, yeah. How come they're saying that? Because Christians have profaned his name. Because Christians have not lived that life that brings honor and glory to his name. And then lastly, his name is important as to how the lost world views him. In 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 6, it says that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. God says, I want everybody to know who I am. I want them to know that I'm God. I want them to know 
I'm a loving God. I want them to know that I'm a righteous God, a holy God. I want them to know that I sent my son to die on the cross for them that they could be saved. I want them to understand who I really am. You see, the Lord is concerned how the lost world is to learn about the true living God. If we as Christians live like the lost instead of living for the Lord, how will they ever know? You know what? What do you think it would be like if we would contact CBS, CNN, Fox News, uh, MSNBC, all these news outlets and say, I want you to tell people how good God is. What do you think the story would be like tomorrow? It'd be awful. See, how do you know? Because I already read what they're saying about God. I already see what they're saying about God. And so therefore, I, I know that it would be that. You know, so God's not going to use CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, any of them to portray His name. He's going to use you and me. He's going to use you and me. He wants this world to see. In fact, Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine. He's talking to Christians here. He says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And notice what he says. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. He says they may see your good works. Our good works. How we live. How we, how we conduct our lives. Points to Him. That might bring glory to Him. He said, I want, he said I'm, I'm concerned about that. Paul instructed the Christians at Corinth to be godly examples there in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20. He says, now you are ambassadors for Christ. What's an ambassador? It's a representative. Uh, we got ambassadors around the world in different countries, and they're there on behalf of the United States to represent us. And Paul says, you and I as Christians are ambassadors. We carry the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever we go, whoever we talk with, it doesn't matter if it's at McDonald's. It doesn't matter if it's in another state. It doesn't matter if it's with your family. We are ambassadors for Christ. We carry the name of God as we walk. And he says, listen, don't blow it. He goes on and says, now you are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. We represent the name. We represent the character. We represent the integrity. We represent the morality. We represent the heart of the Lord. We represent his love towards the lost and the saved alike in a hostile, God-hating world. He said, but for my name's sake, live for me, for my name's sake. You see, it's often been said, we're the only Bible that some will ever read. And we're the only love of God that will ever be set before their eyes. We represent him. And for his name's sake, we need to lift him up. You see, God's great name is linked to his glory. And should be exalted and praised and adored as people see our lives. For His great namesake, we should be that example of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that brings honor and glory to His name and all of His wonderful works toward man. You see, your life is not about you. Your life is about His namesake. 
And we should live for His namesake. To bring honor and glory to Him. One day we'll step from this, this world into the next. And oh, I tell you, I want to hear, Gene, I want to hear those words. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. I don't want the Lord to be ashamed of me. Never won my dad and my mom, my grandparents, never want them to be ashamed of me. Always want to do right. Why should I want any less from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Lord, help us to live for your name's sake. Lord, as we start this series, Lord, we just need to lay some foundation, Lord, and as we look at the things in the Bible concerning your namesake. Lord, may you be glorified. Lord, if there's somebody here this morning, Lord, for your namesake, I, that don't know Christ their Savior, Lord, for your namesake, I pray that they would come. and Let me take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Oh, that would bring glory to your name, to change their life, to change their destination, to change their eternal home for your namesake. Lord, I pray that every one of us as Christians would look at our lives and say, am I living in such a way that brings honor and glory to my Lord and Savior. Have your will and way, Lord, in this invitation. We'll thank you and we'll praise you for us. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?